Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast, Men. As always, thank you for taking time and checking out today's show. This is a midweek podcast. I'm calling it a quiet life podcast. And to give you some context, I am recording this on Tuesday, April 4th. You're going to be listening to it, hopefully, uh, on Wednesday, April 12th. So give you context. It'll make sense in just a moment. Um, You can probably tell. Don't have the typical sound and things. I literally have a laptop um, on top of a Sun Chips box. I tried my Apple AirPods, but it sounded like I was talking talking into a tin can um, propped up on a, whatever you call this thing, a dresser in a room that I'm currently staying in right now. I'm out of town. But I wanted to give you a scenario, a situation that happened last night, but I've been thinking about it for the last, goodness, I don't know how many hours that's been, 16 hours or so, something like that. So uh, to give you context, I'm currently out of town. And we, on Monday night, April 3rd, was the uh, NCAA March Madness National Championship game. So you have San Diego State versus UConn. And I almost always watch that game in the full. To me, it's kind of an end um, to sports that I really enjoy. Uh, You know, I call it sports purgatory now after March Madness is over. So I always make sure I watch that. As a side note, I did watch the women's national championship game the night before. That was the worst refereeing I had ever seen in a basketball game. Um, No bias there at all for me being an Iowa fan, but necessarily it was terrible. Nevertheless, I'm, I'm, I'm losing track what I'm talking about here. So uh, watch that game. As the game is going on, most of the game, uh, UConn is is fairly dominating the game. So the people that I'm with out of town, they had all went to bed. Literally, they're all asleep. I'm the only one up. I'm watching uh, the end of this. And again, you you have to watch one shining moment. It's the end of the the, the tournament. Greg Gumbel sends it over. You watch the one shining moment. I don't remember if it's Luther Vandross or who sings it. But nevertheless... It's kind of a, this encompassing brief little moment where they show some clips from the tournament. And, and a lot of them that you don't recall, you're like, oh, I, f- I forgot that happened or I didn't see that happen. So when it's over, I remember thinking throughout the day, you know, I have absolutely nothing to do tomorrow. Man, I'm going to sleep well. No alarms, no nothing. Whenever I get up, make some coffee, read my Bible. Again, I'm out of town. I'm away from home, so the rhythm's a little different. And I go to bed probably around 11.15 p.m. Central Time. I say that because I'm in the Eastern Time Zone. But I still would have watched the end of the tournament regardless of what time zone I'm in. So uh, as I lay down to go to bed, within about three minutes, I hear a fire alarm start to go off. It seems distant, and yet it doesn't at the same time. And so... It's not one of those like beeping, you know, where you need to change the 9-volt battery. It doesn't sound to me like one that's in a, like a house, you know, that would go off the constant beep, 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 beep. No, this is more of that strobing sound where it's basically telling you, get out of the building. So I immediately jump up, throw shoes on. I go outside. I start to look around, try to figure out where is this noise coming from? I'm on the fourth floor of the building we're staying in. That's the tallest floor where we're at. And there's a bunch of units around us. We're right, um, we're right on the beach here. So, but there's a bunch of units around us. So I'm trying to look and see: is anyone else coming out of their unit? Is anyone else concerned about what they're hearing or whatever? 
and there, there's not. And so as I try to figure out what's going on, I end up making my way all the way down to the ground floor to the parking garage, and I still can't figure out the noise. So I go to the building next door. I still it, it's now now it doesn't sound the same, but I can still hear it. I come back to where we're at. I'm going back up the floor. I mean, I go up and down these steps two or three times. And at one point, I finally realized, like, man, there, nobody's waking up here. But I really don't want to wake people up in case it's not an emergency. And yet, I'm running around outside like it is an emergency like, because I can't figure out what's going on. And my thought is, don't wake anybody up. And once you figure out what's going on, either you're going to go back to bed or whatever. Or, you know, if it is serious, I'm going to get everyone out of the building or whatever if I can. That's my thought process in the moment. It's a little surreal. I told my wife today, I said, it was almost like you were dreaming, but but you weren't. And so... Again, I get to the top, I get to the bottom. I eventually call the fire department, or at least I call a number that I, I Googled. And as I'm calling the number, I realize I really don't know the address where I'm at. So I make my way all the way back down to the bottom floor. I go in front of the building. I can see the address. I tell them the name of the building, where we're at. And she asked me some questions. And I'm down there and I'm thinking, I felt a little bit like the office, okay? I feel a little bit like Michael Scott, the first guy out of the building. Here I am, the only person outside, and everyone else is inside. Somewhere in the building, I, I'm pretty sure in our current building, there is a strobing fire alarm going off, and nobody but one lady comes out and says, "What's going on?" I said, "I really don't know. Here's what I did. I called, you know, I called 911, um, and she's like, "Oh, thanks for doing that." And then she, she disappears. She disappears, and I thought, well, I appreciate your help. But again, I didn't wake anyone up in my house or the place where I'm staying. I had texted one of the guys here a couple times, like, hey, man, I don't know if you hear this or not. Hey, now. Um, nothing. So as I'm, I thought, well, I got to stay down here because I don't want the fire department to show up and not like look like it was some kind of prank call or anything. So I'm down, again, I, the office. I feel like Dwight Schrute with the fire department shows up. And he said, did you call? I did. I said, I don't know what it is. To me, it does not sound like a smoke detector. It, smell, it sounds like a fire alarm. They go up and down. They eventually figure out it's in this particular unit. He said, have you seen anyone in the, this unit um, this week? No, but I, I don't pay attention to who's in and out of units. I, I said, no, I, not to my knowledge. Well, we can't get in. Somehow he has some keys, but he can't get in. I don't know where the keys come from. And they almost break the window, but then they talk themselves out of it. And they said, do you have a contact for this building? No. So I run upstairs. And you know, when you rent places, there's always like a thing on the magnet on the wall or a piece of paper that tells you who to call. If something was, that's all I can find. I'm now calling one of the guys who stay here. Hey, man. Hey, man. Nope, no answer. No answer. He had been asleep for a couple hours. I go up the steps to call and call him. Hey, man. Hey, man. Trying to call his name. Nothing. So I go back down. I hand him this thing that's basically magnetic to the side of your fridge. And I'm like, look, I know this isn't the person. Man, this is all I can find. They said, well, we contact the owner of the building. And, you know, we'll see what they do. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's just, you know, in that room. I'm shocked that they didn't bring us out. I'm not a firefighter. I appreciate what every first responder does. But I'm surprised that we were able to just stay in the building as if it was a false alarm. But we were. So, all that said and done, I go back to our unit when, when they're done. When they leave and I go back in. And I text every adult that's in the unit where I'm staying and saying, hey, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you hear this, this is what's going on. This is what I've done. This is who was here. The whole situation. I go back to bed and I think, well, I'm going to listen to a fire alarm go off the entire night. And, and, and I do. <laughs> Eventually in the morning, it's kind of fading. Like, I don't know if there's a battery operated system or what, but it's fading, but it's not giving up the fight yet. Someone else in the unit gets up and they're like, hey, what's going on? And so they get a hold of somebody. Anyhow, 
they eventually go in and there is something going on with a smoke detector in the unit that's right below us. So why do I tell you all that? Sometimes when I listen to podcasts or I watch videos or you watch things on Instagram, I'm not on TikTok, but like the reels, you know, those little clips, the people in them are always so wise and they're always just doing the right thing or saying the right thing or it never seems like they make mistakes. But then you sometimes you find out in their real life, they are not as flawless as they claim to be, man. I hope you understand that for me. I've never tried to be something that I'm not. Uh, I actually have to be careful that I'm not too self-deprecating because, uh, listen, most of the time I'm not that impressed with myself. I get some things right. I've learned some things through life. And getting around high-caliber humans has expedited the maturation process in my life in dramatic ways. But i got a long ways to go. There are times where I'll overthink things. There's times where I will have you know, analysis paralysis where I'm not making any decision. There's times where I'll talk myself out of stuff. Listen, there's plenty of times where I am my own worst enemy. And I felt like when I think back on last night, the wise thing to do was to call the fire department. No question about that. Here's the dumb thing. I never woke anybody up because I didn't want to wake them up in case it was a false alarm. I just didn't. They were all sound asleep. They've been asleep for so long. Here I am still kind of hyped up from the game and watching that, you know, and and they've all been asleep. And I just didn't want to wake them up. Even like I had all the lights off. I turned a couple on to try to, you know, find the number. I went, you know, partway up the stairs to try to find one. The, the, the guys here say, hey, man, you know, I didn't wake him up, nothing. What if it had been a real fire? What if I did get to the bottom floor and look up and see like the top floor engulfed in flames it's too late at that point like we're in a bad way only the professionals then can come in and, and even hopefully try to i mean that's going through my mind several times but i kept thinking to myself don't wake them up don't wake them up don't wake them up they're asleep it's fine they're out of town too they're trying to rest they're having a little relaxation time let you let you just worry about it and you take care of the problem and then hopefully it's all no big deal it's just whatever and I did feel like the firefighters kind of looked at me like I had overreacted. But I'm thinking, it is an alarm going off in a building where there's a lot of people. Most of them do not know each other. Surrounded by other buildings, that could easily catch fire if this is a real fire. But, you know, they are professionals. I'm not. I'm not. I don't, I don't know about fire. So uh, they went back and, and I laid in bed thinking, well, I'm pretty sure the building's not on fire. However, not only do I have this impending sound in my ear that's going to go off all night. It, again, it was funny. Not till morning did people start to hear it when it was drizzling out. And I just let them all sleep because I didn't want to disrupt them. As I thought about that all day today, I thought about a verse I had shared, you know, so, I don't know, a few weeks ago that I think is just kind of indicative you know, just kind of in that, in that situation, like when people woke up today, nobody was mad at me that I did not wake them up. They were shocked at what kind of happened, you know, whatever. Um, but nobody was mad. Now, had it been a real fire and we had real danger and maybe, you know, there were casualties. Yeah, that, that, that would have been quite a bit different. But again, I'm making my own assessment as I'm standing on the bottom of the, the building by myself in the middle of the night, uh, calling the fire department that, yeah, I think it's okay not to wake anybody up. I, I don't think that was my finest moment, okay? And I thought of this from Ezekiel 33. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. 
And let me say this. I feel like if the Lord lays it on your heart to be a watchman over anything, you're on the clock. Okay. I don't think you get a pass with that. And I think as men, he's called us all to be a watchman to a degree. Okay. He said, I, um, I have made you a watchman of the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them a warning from me. If I say to the wicked, a wicked one, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way. That wicked person, person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way and he does not turn from his way, he ignores your instructions, if you will. Turn, he does not turn from his way. That person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. So let me explain it this way. If God gives us an instruction, we hear it, we absorb it, we get it from our pastor, we get it from a podcast, we get it from a sermon, we get it from being in our Bible, we get it from a devotional, a commentary, whatever. We get an instruction from the Lord. And we don't warn those who need to hear it. Now, let me say this to you, brother. You're not the only one that needs to hear the instruction that comes to you from the Lord. God laid it on your heart because it is intended to be shared with other people. Now, it has to impact you first. No question about that. We are not immune to the instructions of the Lord. However, we are to be conduits of the instructions of the Lord. The instructions come to you because someone else needs to hear it. If I'm convicted of something, if something is impacting my heart, my home, whatever, I need to let the people that live within my unit hear these things, correct? That's what that's what this is saying. Ezekiel chapter 33, we're looking at uh, 7 through 9. But if you warn them and they ignore you, that that's on them. Now listen, you got kids in your house, you got people that live there, and you warn them. Listen, you're going to probably have to, as we say, vigorously warn them. Over and over and over, sometimes with words, sometimes with actions, sometimes with your prayer life. Nevertheless, it's a constant pursuit of their heart. We are not immune to this. He says, if you warn them and they ignore your warning, listen, man, that's on them. But if you warn them and they turn from it, man, well done. Like, isn't that the goal? Isn't that what we're after? Like, Jonah was actually disappointed that Nineveh was going to repent of their sins because he would rather they had been destroyed. Now, that night that this fire alarm is going off, I don't want nobody to be destroyed. But if I could pick a unit to make it out, I'm obviously going to pick the unit where my family is residing. Yet, I did not wake one of those people up, not even my wife. Why? Because I didn't want to wake them from their slumber. They seem so comfortable, so fine. And you know what? In the morning, it's probably going to be okay. And I have thought about that all day long. How many times do I go through my my day, my life, and I encounter people, and I just figure, listen, they seem like they're doing fine. They seem like they don't want to hear it. They seem like they're kind of in their groove. And in the morning, maybe there'll be another chance. As I was beginning to record this today or consider these thoughts and realize I'm going to put this into audio form, there were three guys who were out pretty deep into the ocean and there's flags, red flags and stuff. They went out to pretty deep, but they caught our eye because they were trying to get, they were in a rip current and they barely got, honestly barely got back to shore. And they looked like, boy, they looked like they're in a bad way, bad way when they got back. And so, you know, as we watch this thing, man, I can't believe that. Boy, you talk about a second chance at life. They've gone out two other times at least and have done the exact same thing. One time a lifeguard was on the shore and blew a whistle at him to tell him to come back, got on the board, went out there after him, and they basically have mocked the lifeguard. Now, if they go out this evening, there's no lifeguards around, they get caught up in a, a rip current or whatever, and, and one of them or all of them die, listen, that's tragic, but they have been warned. 
it was a clear warning. This is a dangerous place to swim right now. This is not where you need to be. You do not need to go out that far. The water will always win. The lifeguard had done the right thing. Even going out there, I, I don't know. I mean, I know he has to go out there, but there's got to be a part of the lifeguard thinking, I really don't want to do These are grown men. They should not be that far out. And yet they just keep essentially mocking the lifeguard and going out that far. Listen, that's going to happen to us. And we don't like to be mocked. We don't like to be made fun of. We don't like to be marginalized or minimalized. We don't want people to look at us as something uh, indifferent, something that they don't have to pay attention to. But to allow them to continue to sleep in their slumber just because we don't want to wake them is not a good excuse. Listen, it's not a good excuse if there's a potential fire in your building. It's not a good excuse if there's a rip current on the beach. And it's definitely not a good good excuse when they are a heartbeat away from the rest of their eternity. Those guys, our building, all that stuff I talked about, all second chances, all have turned out well so far. But when that's over, when God says that's it no more, then that's it. That's a wrap. There are no more opportunities. And who's to say that you and I and the people that God has placed right in front of our eyeballs, sometimes within our home, I should say this, always within our home, but also within our our sphere of influence, Who's to say we're not the watchmen that will be accountable for whether we have warned them or not? And as I thought about this, what are the things that we should be warning people about? I think we should definitely be warning them about how the world is going after our kids, how they're trying to over-sexualize everything, how they're trying to divide us all the time, the types of curriculum that's being taught, the way that you know governments are doing so absolutely, absolutely. I think those are good things to warn them about, but I've said it before, nothing changes until your heart changes. I could scream and yell at people all day long. That lifeguard can stand on the shore and tell them all day long that rip current is going to ruin you if you don't pay attention. I'm telling you, I could stand outside the building or go knocking on doors and tell people they need to wake up, you need to get out here, and they could say, nah, no big deal, it's probably whatever. We can do that. Nothing changes until the heart changes. People will not turn from their sinful ways. People will not live their life with a biblical worldview. Even those who profess to be Christians at times will not live with a biblical worldview. They will try to be Christian and not maybe commit the big ones or not get caught committing the big ones, uh, but they won't be men and women of God. They will try to be claim to be narrow road people while leading the construction projects on the wide road. And that's not what we're called to do. They'll be called, they will think that they're called to point fingers or tell everyone how bad this, that, or the. Listen, we are disciples of Jesus that are called to be disciples of Jesus. As Jesus went over to the disciples in the garden, he said, you couldn't wait, you couldn't watch, you couldn't pray, you couldn't do this for just a little bit. What was the thing that he warned them that they would not enter into temptation? Because temptation has this amazing ability to absolutely destroy us. I was talking to my kids as I stood on the beach and I was saying, Listen, it's not the waves that get you. The waves are fun. We all enjoy the waves. The waves are what give you the good ride. The waves are what make it on the pictures. The waves are what you put on your phone screensaver and your wallpapers and all that stuff. It's the rip currents. It's the things that you don't see within that water. It's the things that you're not that are not visible to your eyeballs. Those are the things that will ruin you. And guys, those are the things that we need to warn people about. First ourselves. That's why a podcast like this even exists, so that we can have this conversation amongst ourselves and that we can take this idea, these thoughts that we're talking about here, and we can implement them and we can apply them 
within our sphere of influence, within our home, and we can sound the alarm. And we can sound the alarm in conversations. We can sound the alarm to let people know we're praying for them. We can sound the alarm by doing a lot of different things that disciples of Jesus, forgive me, disciples of Jesus should already be doing. Let's make sure you and I are not the ones dismissing those alarms. We're not the ones dismissing the warnings. We are not the ones that are hitting snooze on the things that are trying to wake us up. Amen. So, man, I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate when you share the show. It means a lot to me when I see you guys share it and let your friends know uh, the value it brings to you. And we really are trying to live a quiet life here. We really are trying to mind our own affairs, work with our hands, be dependent upon nobody, and be thought well by outsiders. That, that's our goal. But there are times we're going to need to speak up. There are times we're going to need to do something. There's times where we need to, again, wake people from their slumber. Amen. Thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. Mm-hmm.